Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Welcome back to the Hooked On podcast. As we record this, we're into the final week. Yes, it's Sunday night, a week before the Royal Rumble. We're very, very excited. The countdown seems to start here. And I'm very happy to say that joining me, as per usual, on the Hooked On podcast is my friend and colleague, Mr. Paul Benson. Paul, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Rob. How about yourself? I'm getting very excited, getting very busy. In fact, you're a lot busier than me this week in terms of getting all the preparation done for all of our hooked on parties all over the country um how's the stress are you are you holding up um it starts to creep up as the as the week uh, goes on obviously there's a lot to do a lot of organization sending parcels out here and there making sure everyone's got everything they need and today is like the epicenter of all i've been surrounded by printouts of quiz sheets and prize forms and making sure quizzes are on usbs and everyone's got oh it's I'm drowning in data, but I think we're I think we're good shape. I think we're all right. We usually, we usually turn up out in the end. We're going to get there, and it's always worth it. So we're very much looking forward to all of our uh, hooked on events, pay per view parties for the Royal Rumble all over the country uh, next Sunday. So we will talk a little bit more about that later on as the show goes on, in terms of what it's all about, how you can get tickets, etc. I always throw over to Paul for that because I'm really quite rubbish at remembering all those details, but he is the top man for that. I'm very pleased to say that we have a guest with us on this podcast. And it is very, very connected with our shows. In fact, it's another one of our hosts. I typically do the uh, the hosting for the uh, the London party. Let's say that's the uh, the showpiece, not because of me, but uh, that's the uh, one of our parties that we have. But we have five other ones around the country. And joining us today is the host of our Liverpool event this time. He is Ben Brown. Ben, how you doing? How do indeed. Hello. I, I don't know if London is the showpiece. If just London is the showpiece, then <laughs> I'm, I'm usually based in Leeds, and I'd say Leeds is like the the the, lung, the younger sibling who didn't go to uni, it went travelling instead. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you've a, you've a chance to uh, to now bring Liverpool up to uh, that. What does that make Liverpool then, Ben? If if we're the showpiece or alleged showpiece, and Leeds is the uh, the traveller, what's Liverpool going to be? I think Leeds, uh, sorry, Liverpool is the long-lost sibling who's just got in touch with us on Facebook and gone like, oh, I heard about you, but now that you're doing quite well, I want to know a bit more about you. <laughs> I like that I like that a lot. Maybe we'll come up with something for the uh, the other three in due course. But um, Ben, it's great to have you on the podcast. Um, we're talking all, raw, all things Royal Rumble here on the Hooked On podcast in the build-up to the pay-per-view. And a lot of us have been talking about how is the Rumble the favourite pay-per-view for people? It's always built up as mania, but is the Rumble secretly the favourite? Where do you stand on that? It's a great question and a definite debate for all wrestling fans. I personally think it is. Um, I think the issue with mania is, especially in recent times, it can exhaust fans because they go for it so much. Whereas, you know... In a 30-man rumble, there's times where there can be a bit of a lull where you can get your sort of patience back. And there's nothing like that 10-second countdown in the anticipation of who's coming in. No matter even though you know who's put themselves in the hat, the order of when they come in and the shock drop of their music, I'm getting chills now. I mean, remembering uh, talking about uh, London early before I was there last year for the, the showpiece one and when AJ's music hit, even in the post-Kayfabe era where everybody seems to know everything before WWE nowadays, still that moment, it hit every single note and more. That was the moment, I think, of last year. And it's, it's great that you mentioned that because I think it seems that people keep on mentioning it. Me and Paul talked about it when it was just us doing the podcast and other guests that we've had you know, have brought that up. So that's a, a really cool thing, I think, that everyone seemed to, to share in that moment. And the Rumble is about moments like that as, as time's gone on um, John Canton who we had on a couple of weeks ago suggested that the Rumble was probably his favourite event but the last few years haven't been as good in his mind um, do you think that's a fair comment? Is it, does, does that resonate with you? Um, 
you've used the term there, which uh, I'm surprised you'll be. We haven't jumped on seeing as the love of the marketing, but um, I think rather than WrestleMania moments, it's Royal Rumble moments. And again, I've been blessed to sort of be doing these events with Paul um, for a good few years now. And, you know, I was there when the Force Roman Reigns down our neck. And even though everybody wanted Daniel Bryan in that ring and everyone was booing Roman Reigns, it still sticks out. It was still a moment. And it was still a very memorable moment, which then helped force the trajectory change in how WrestleMania's landscape played out that year. Um, and then the year just gone now, um, the, the Royal Rumble itself again, I thought, I'm not always happy with who wins, but I'm, I'm happy with how it plays out. The coolest thing, of course, about the uh, the pay-per-view parties is you've experienced, Ben, is that um, there are occasionally shows where you know, it ends on a downer because that's not who people wanted to win or, or whatever the case may be. But the special nature of everyone getting together and watching it in a bar, watching it with like-minded people with a few glasses of whatever they, their tipple is, <laughs> it, it does... I'm not going to say that if every single match was awful, people would still go away happy, but I kind of am because, you know, it's about much more than the uh, the bell-to-bell, you know, nature of the of the pay-per-view, but the, the entire evening itself... Um, is that again? Has that been your experience so far? Because that's what we've uh, we've found down in London. But what about when uh, you've been at some of the other ones? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, from seeing AJ Styles rock out and and everybody go crazy to um, you know, I know obviously that wasn't up, but um, going back to to moments where um, obviously the Undertaker shock moment. I was I was at the shooters in Leeds on the WrestleMania party there, and still now everybody's face was just a picture. Um, the way that Daniel Bryan got treated. Uh, I think there's something, as you say, it's it's rather than watching it solo and then just getting on a forum and typing out your frustration, even if you're annoyed, you wear it out. Like It's quite a weird thing where everybody seems to go for a cigarette. I don't even smoke, but everybody seems to go get a bit of fresh air after a, a really hellacious, you know, tense match. And everyone's just talking, mingling, um, throwing around the two pennies worth, but... That's the sort of culmination of the build-up of the night. And I think things like the quiz that happens, uh, everybody getting dressed as their favourite wrestlers. Obviously, it's, a, it's this instant in to get speaking to people about what they love. And, and, and not only that, I think the beauty of these events is that it's it's such a niche thing that's really overpopular. Do you know what I mean by that? Like people, I'm 33, people go, you're still watching that? And I'm like, yeah, it's like one of the most popular things in the world. And yet it still seems like it's not. And I think, like, when we're at these events, even though, you know, we're, we're proud of loving wrestling, we really, really show how proud we are. Amen to that. Absolutely. And I think um, uh, I think when it comes to this particular Raw Rumble pay-per-view, there just seems to be a... I don't want to sound like I'm just deliberately plugging up the show, but it feels to me that there's a much, much more of a buzz this year than there has been in, in recent times. I think it's to do with mainly with the... Um, Partly with the card, you know, in terms of the fact that there are a couple of matches, well, there's certainly one match in AJ Styles versus John Cena on the undercard, which, you know, you feel really should be spectacular. Their, their matches so far have been brilliant. The match at SummerSlam last year was, you know, arguably the best match of the calendar year, certainly in North America. Um, and then you have, you know, Charlotte v. Bailey could be, could be a, a, a lot of fun. Um, we're seeing Neville in a different role, challenging for a belt, and of course Owens and uh, uh, Owens and, and Roman Reigns. So there's there's a lot going on on the undercard as well as a lot of really great names. Just looking through the list of people that have been announced as um, participants. This is just a quick look on the on the Oracle that is Wikipedia. But here's the list of names so far, guys. That according to that are, are declared for their entry. Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Big E, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Chris Jericho, Braun Strowman. Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins, The Undertaker, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, Seamus Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Luke Harper. That, I make it around, that's about 18 names or so. Um, that's an unbelievable lineup so far, even if you just assume another sort of seven or eight mid-carders and a couple of surprise entrants and whatever. That's, that's a really, really stacked lineup. Yeah, fully. I mean, speaking with people, and I'll, I'll be fully honest, I, I, the past sort of year, 
wrestling sort of wrestling to me is like Carlitos where it's like you sort of look like you're gonna walk away from it and just when you think you have they pull you back in. And that's exactly <laughs> what the Royal Rumble this year's done for me. It's like I think um I you know, I love the brand WWE. I went to see it when it was at Leeds, I loved the live interaction, got to meet some of them at the hotel. The way that they were with one of my friends' son was just incredible. Um, you know, just the their all round attitude to the lives that they live. I can't applaud high enough how they how they apply themselves but I just felt like certain things were getting a bit monotonous and I've just felt like it was dragging certain here and there and I didn't see certain points of why things were being planted and now I think we're starting to see the rewards of that um I have to bring up the Goldberg Brock thing it wasn't for me the speed of it and I've had a mate who who's he was so into it but it really plays out an interesting fact now how they're gonna go after each other in the Royal Rumble. My my thing I think my thing with it being is that I just don't want them to force it down his throat like a Batista situation where you've had so many I wouldn't say mid cards, but just new era talent that deserve the right to maybe not headline but definitely feature in the conversation and then all of a sudden have their momentum pulled just because you've got this this name that yeah, is synonymous with wrestling but Let's face it, is not the future, and how long can can they continue to sort of draw the hype? And I think that's where Royal Rumble sometimes can let itself down. Is as much as it's those moments, it's where they'll drop in a name and they try to dictate to you how they foresee the story to be. Um, but saying that, the lineup this year, there's probably five or six people I'd be happy with winning it. Uh, let's um, let's go early in this podcast. Sometimes we uh, save it up and do it as a bit of a, a coup de gras and a finale. But um, <laughs> let's go in early. Who's going to win? Put, you put your uh, neck on the block, Ben. Who's going to win? Not who do you want to win. Who do you think will win? Um, I feel... Ah, it's so hard. Like, right, if you ask me now, and then if you ask me in half hour, no doubt through the dialogue we'll have it will change. <laughs> but I think... My logical sense says Seth because he's sort of not got a programme at the minute. And if he was headlining, you wouldn't sort of take it away from him. But I just feel there's going to be some dodgy like Braun Strowman or some real like left field call. Yeah. And I won't be happy with that. <laughs> that was the um, that was the Canton theory from a couple of weeks ago was uh was Strowman um, leading to a, a Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns WrestleMania match. Um, some of the conventional logic with uh, Seth Rollins seems to be that it'll be Rollins versus Triple H. There's certainly something set there. But I think sometimes, Paul, I'm going to ask you this, we're sometimes a bit guilty, are we? Of, uh, once we read one or two things on the internet or we assume that um, uh, you know we know better than how things are going to go, <laughs> we just assume something's going to happen. We've been talking about Seth versus Triple H like it's a foregone conclusion. Um, a little while ago, we were all going, yeah, it's going to be Cena Taker at the Rumble. And then Meltzer put something in his newsletter saying they're not thinking about that. We kind of just blindly agree with the, the, the sheep logic sometimes, don't we? I, don't, I think we uh, should we be a little bit more independent thinking. Uh, yeah, I, I think obviously we're, we're led down the garden path time and again. But frankly, from from most points of view, I think it's because if we read something we want to we want to believe, then we're on board. Like obviously, seeing a take is a dream match for everyone at Mania. So as soon as that was rumored from no official sources whatsoever, we were all like, yes, that's going to happen. We're into <laughs> that. Um, but then when something comes out that we don't want, like I'm trying to think of an example, I suppose maybe. Um, Undertaker Shane from last year, from my personal point of view anyway, all the way through after that was announced. I was convinced that match was going to change before the show. I was like, nah, this ain't, this ain't going to fly. This ain't going to fly. There's no way. But when you look at it, oh, there, was, there was no reason for me to think that other than I did not want to see that match. <laughs> so I think you just, as with a lot of things in life, we, we believe what we want to believe. And then if, if there's stuff out there that goes against what we want, we deny, deny, deny. <laughs> I was, I was uh, having the same conversation with a friend and it's almost like the WWE have gotten used to how fans are on social media. It's almost like they're trolling us. So, where, you know, whereas there was a, a spell where we sort of knew what things were happening and you get the smart fan who chants certain things and sort of give, like, uh, skits away, it feels now like nobody actually does know because they've put so many things out there and I like that they've done that. I agree with that. I think um, I'm trying to work out how many... Rumbles ago was it? I think it might have been a Rumble 2010. Was it crikey? Was it that long ago? 
Um, which was you help me out, boys. I'm not very good at remembering dates, but I think it might have been 2010 when um, when Matt Hardy turned on Jeff. When J- Jeff was in the main, Jeff was in the uh, the main event, not main event because the Rumble's the main event, but re- Jeff was wrestling for the title, and I think it was a, it was the one that Orton won. I think it, I think it was. So that was that's the build up to WrestleMania 2025. I think it might even be 2009. You know, I don't think that was WrestleMania. I don't think that was Royal Rumble, mate. I think that was maybe um, the pay per view before whatever it's called, the December pay per view. Where I don't know, mate. To be honest, it's a few years ago now. Very sketchy. I think it was the Rumble because I think it was Edge versus Jeff Hardy. And okay. There, oh, yeah. Okay. There, there was interference from your your, your chavos and um, other people that were in the Edge and Vicky stable, and then Matt Hardy came down and you thought he was coming for the save and actually he belted Jeff. But then my my point is, and because this is going to be slightly self congratulatory because we've gone about fifteen minutes into this podcast and I haven't you know said anything brilliant about myself yet. <laughs> so um, I particularly remember. Do you remember the build for that? There was like Jeff was having. I think his pyro went off wrong, and I think there was a did he have a car accident or something? And oh, it was yes, it was basically yes, all right. the hints were not the hints, but there, there was suggestion that it was going to be Christian. Christian was coming back from TNA, and everyone's like, oh, "It's going to be Christian. It's going to be Christian. It's going to be Christian." And about three or four weeks before it, I started to say, "I think it's going to be Matt," and it wasn't based off of anything they'd hinted to on TV. Really, it was just based on them. They'd gone so thick on. You know, trying to show you that it's probably going to be Christian, or they they heard that the internet wisdom was it was going to be Christian, and they were winking towards it. That I just kept thinking, that's not how they do things. It's like <laughs> I loved the commentary of the UK Championship. We might get onto that in a little bit um, about the UK, the UK Championship that was on the network last week. But I love the commentary on that for the most part. I love them having serious Michael Cole. I think he's excellent when they let him. Nigel McGuinness was a revelation. Well, he wasn't a revelation because I knew he'd be good anyway, but he was superb. But the one thing that they carried over from the WWE style of announcing was, um, so someone would hit a move. That's it. He's definitely won. One, two. Oh, when they say he's definitely won, you know (laughs) they're going to kick out. (laughs) And I really, really hate that. It always takes me out of the moment. You feel like I want to turn off the commentary in the the, the closing moments of matches because I know that they're going to give it away, which frustrates me, frustrates me greatly. Anyway, I've wandered off the topic, but the, the, the point is that I remember that moment of, of Matt turning on Jeff and it just felt like you know, the internet was suggesting, oh, WWE changed their plans because it got out that uh, Christian was, was going to be, they changed their plans. And I thought, what about be gracious about being wrong mm. as opposed to going, oh, they changed their plans because of us. It's like, maybe that's what they were always going to do. And you lot fell for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. And I think we've gotten really savvy with that at the, at the moment as well. Yeah, maybe so. But the good thing is about leading to this one, that doesn't really feel like um, uh, that there's a, an, an obvious winner. There's lots of, you know, you've just, um, you mentioned a couple there. You've gone with Seth and, and Strowman as being ones. We've made good point, uh, I think, good cases on this podcast for Jericho to win the Rumble because he could be a, a good opponent for... Um, for Kevin Owens, that seems to be where they're going for that one for, for WrestleMania. So you could give Jericho a nice prize of winning a Rumble and get him into the title match. Um, I think there's a way that you could do it with uh, with Undertaker that we've talked about. And maybe Cena wins his title and, and Undertaker faces him at Mania. Um, you could do the Brock or, or Goldberg thing. It seems unlikely, but you still wouldn't rule them out, I don't think. There's ways that you can, you can concoct movement towards those. And indeed, the return of someone. Could it be the return of Finn Balor? Could it yeah. be someone like Shinsuke Nakamura? That's the way you push him to the top. There are, I think, legitimately six or seven candidates, as you said earlier, Ben. And I think what I'm going to do is I might go on to a bit of radio silence as far as the internet goes <laughs> in the next few days. I do not want to read, there's been a plunge in bets and Paddy Power have gone 1 to 20 on Baron Corbin being the uh, winner of the Royal Rumble. You know, <laughs> it'd be nice to uh, to keep myself out of it, I think. Don't you think it's funny, though, that these betting applications always seem to have odds on wrestling when obviously kids turn away if you are listening now the rumor of wrestling is it's a bit like santa you know i'll said that i'll say that in code just in case people are listening. <laughs> but, uh, but but yet they still seem to bet on it and i remember going back to the wrestlemania with uh, undertaker and brock lesnar i was there with my brother and he said like brock was like uh somewhat silly like 10 to 1 to win and i said brock will win I didn't actually want him to win, but I said he'd win. And he ended up, um, obviously, doing the goods. And I just think, like, this year, I think I'd love it. I'd, like, everything you've just mentioned there seems like the matches are already set. So let's use the Kevin Owens-Jericho angle. If Jericho wins it, 
you definitely see that main event between Jericho's and Owens happening. However, the United States could always, the United States Championship could still handle that, that level of match. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, what the real have been clever with is we don't know who's going to win because we don't know at which level or belt or just, uh, you know, like beef that's happening. We don't know how how they want how much they want it to like um, put it on the platform. But I I personally for me I'd love it if Finn came back. I think there's not really been a, a lot of rumblings about that, and he took it it got taken away from him in in obviously unfortunate circumstances. So I I'd love for Finn to to nail it. I wouldn't rule it out. I think it's um, it's definitely a possibility. Um, Paul, have we told your Undertaker betting on WrestleMania story on the podcast? No, we haven't yet, actually. On you go. Uh, um, all right. So I think I've told this to Ben before in the past. So it was when it was the first year that um, they took odds on wrestling. Mm-hmm. And very quickly after they started doing it, Paddy Power, they started putting maximum bets on it very quickly. But We, lo- we launched that. Can I just say we launched that on the uh, on the Sun when I was I was writing for the Sun at the time. And we, uh, oh, OK, we, we launched that story in conjunction with Paddy Power that they were doing bets on that. And they were on there. On the uh, someone from Paddy Power was on the one-sided ring with me and Joel talking uh, bets for the first uh, Paddy Power offer. That was there. Very nice, yeah. very nice. Well, we're going back to I think the I think it was the first of the Triple H match. It could have been the second. Um, but anyway, there was no maximum bet at that point. Um, so anyway, I got in there, and me being me, I decided to place a rather ridiculously large bet on the Undertaker to win at one to twenty thinking it was basically buying money because the undertaker wins at wrestlemania every single year and indeed i put about two and a half grand spread over a few accounts on it um and the mathematicians amongst you will tell you exactly what i won from that i can't remember but it was probably something along the lines of about 150 quid i was stood to win but i just thought yeah this is this is absolutely easy money no problem at all and lo and behold i didn't even watch wrestlemania that year because i was away working um and i couldn't do so but I didn't really pay any attention to the results. I just sort of got up and very casually walked to the next day and went, yeah, takers won, no problems. Me, that's my money banked. So this was my plan to do it every year. Um, and it, to be honest, I would do so if it wasn't for the fact that they put those maximum bets on, which made it really laborious and difficult if you wanted to put serious sums on, which you'd need to do to, to win any decent money on taker. Anyway, fast forward to WrestleMania 30. And if... And I remember telling you this, Rob, if it wasn't for the fact that I had so much time invested in these hooked on parties when they were just starting to blow up then, I would have gone through various different bookies and various different accounts. I'd have laboriously put 50 quid on here, 50 quid on there to get up to my two and a half grand again on Taker beating Brock Lesnar. And bloody hell, am I glad I didn't. (laughs) Am I glad I didn't? My wife would have murdered me. Bless them on the old old maximum bets. I remember I was... um still doing the old podcast at the time then i think on one side of the ring and i remember <coughs> excuse me i remember giving them so much grief about even booking undertaker and brock lesnar because i just said there's no way you'd take it seriously that lesnar could win because that's not how they're going to book it and lesnar's part-time blah 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 and then after that i kind of i think ever since then i i like to think i've been a bit more reticent in being so opinionated on about what they should and shouldn't do because i just got proven wrong and i'm, I'm pleased that I, I i did and uh it was, you know, a situation which I totally and utterly misjudged. So I try and remember that from time to time, that, uh, um, <laughs> to not be so uh, blasé about things. But that's WrestleMania, and we're still talking about the Royal Rumble. <laughs> but um, um, what I want to ask you quickly, Ben, which is a subject we haven't really touched on um, here on the podcast as we've been building to the Rumble. Um, we tend to ask our guests, what's your the first Rumble you remember? What's your favourite Rumble match? Um, but I'm going to change it slightly for you. Give me a couple of Rumble ma- uh, matches at the Rumble that are non-Rumble matches, if you follow, that, uh, that stand out for you in your time as, as watching wrestling. So not the uh, the Battle Royal star Rumble matches, but anything else on the, the rest of the card that really stand out for you as being all-time classics. You know what? I struggle to remember singular like pay-per-views, and maybe that... I'd, King of the Ring seems to stand out a lot more for me as, in my youth than the Royal Rumble. Um, and an actual like se- separate... Royal Rumble matches, as I say that, what I love about the universe is if you ask it, it just plonks an answer in there right there, and it's got to be Triple H Mankind. That was Royal Rumble, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Royal Rumble 2000, yeah, Triple H versus uh, Cat Jack, was I think it was then. But yeah. And Dudley Boys were on there against... Um, the, well, no, New Age Outlaws were on there. 
Uh, I think it was Outlaws versus APA, I think, and yeah. um, Dudley's versus Hardy's. I want to say, I think that was the uh, that's, that's the one, yeah, in the tables yeah. match. And, yeah. and 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 like the uh, there were a table, like it was proper gritty setting, wasn't it? Like the the walk was quite short, and I'm sure right. there was a table just outside. And yeah, that Royal Rumble for me uh, stands out. And I thought the thought the beating that Mankind, well, Triple H put on Mankind were were over the top, but it was that was that was yeah, that that one stands out. Um, but the the one of recent times was the I think it was a triple threat between Seth, um, John Cena, and Brock Lesnar. Great shout! And and I remember it because Brock was just like dead outside the ring for about ten minutes, and you forgot he was almost in it. And um, Seth hit. Is it the sunset splash or I've never seen anyone do it before in my life up until that point. And it's like where he did this like 760 flip and he just, I didn't, I wasn't well versed with his, you know, pre-career as, is it Tyler Black? Yeah. I don't want to get any like super that, wrestling fans going, he didn't know that, what's he on about? Like, <laughs> that's right, yeah, Tyler Black. But I, I, I didn't, I wasn't well versed in, in that side of it at that, at that time. And to see him pull that move off and then still not actually win it, because Brock then came back. That was really edge of your seat stuff. Paul, any? Uh, we haven't really talked about this, me and you, on this podcast. You got anything to uh, offer in? No, we haven't. Uh, first of all, I think Ben's named two absolute classics there. Probably two of the few first few I'd mentioned. But just to throw another few in um, as well, a couple of maybe that don't get mentioned quite as much as others. First one, um, probably the best out and out match in Royal Rumble history is Benoit against Angle. Um, in 2003, absolute classic. Um, sticking with the Benoit theme, unfortunately, there was another one, I think, the year before, which was the Benoit-Jericho ladder match. Mm-hmm. Another match. outstanding contest. Um, um, another one that I really liked as a kid, going back all the way to 91, was uh, the Rockers against the Orient Express in the opening match, which was, right, okay. at that point, one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. If anyone's not seen it and has the network, I implore you to go and check that match out now it's an absolute tag team classic um and then one last one before i start droning on is now let me get the year right on this i think it's 2006 but i'm prepared to be corrected on that but it was the um kurt angle against mark henry match which was the first instance i can remember of anyone dragging an absolutely stellar match out of mark henry um and who, who better to do it than our um soon to be hall of famer my favorite wrestler ever kurt angle that was a beauty of a match are these all going to be on the uh screens in pre-matches like you do we will have to see ben we'll have to see <laughs> <laughs> that means that means we haven't sorted it out yet uh, i'm going to let everyone into a booking meeting here that i i have suggested that but there are some there are sometimes some uh, some issues with what we can put on and what we can't so we'll um uh, we'll have a talk about that, won't we, Paul? <laughs> in, in there. We will, we will. As time goes on. Actually, you've led me into... Oh, actually, no, no, before I get on to that, I'm going to give you a couple of um, ones of my own. Was the one which is... Um, I think you did a tag match now, and I thought when you said it was a, it was a tag match, I thought you were going to um, steal my thunder a little. <laughs> um, but 1994, which is not an era which is um, necessarily blessed um, with great matches or great moments from either WWE or WCW at that point. It was just before the uh, the war really started in earnest and things were a little bit bleak. It wasn't the best uh, Rumble match itself either, I don't think. But I would say that the Quebecers versus Bret Hart and Owen Hart, although maybe slightly long, they, they, they put the point on a little bit about uh, Bret's injury, was a really, really terrific tag match. It told a great story. And I even can forgive the um, the ref has to stop the match ending of it um because although i think they probably could have done that and slightly better but i still forgive that because it was such a good match there was so much proper emotion the um that was the owen hart real heel turn and it was done so well um i think later in the night they kind of killed it by the fact that brett although he couldn't continue in his first match could then come out later on and uh, and win the rumble or co-win the rumble and owen was a bit of an afterthought and, and thrown out quite early but i thought the tag match itself was um superbly well done um and I think I will always remember that as a uh, as a real standout um, for me. That's the um, the one that jumps to my mind. That was uh, I thought of a couple of the ones that you guys have thought of as well. And um, I seem to remember Edge versus Shawn Michaels was a 
was a rumble match, I think. I think they ended up even tearing into each other later on. Um, Ooh, in, yes. in the rumble match itself, I think maybe Edge came out and eliminated Sean. Maybe I can't really exactly remember, but um, there was uh, a really, really strong Edge versus Michaels match um, earlier in the night. So that's the other one I'll uh, I'll add in. I think. Fair, no, taken on board. Excellent. Um, what I want to come back to, which is what I was about to say. Uh, a couple of minutes ago, was um, you mentioned about what we've got going on 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 the screens in the venues, and I thought this is a good point to um, to kind of cut in and, and go back to um, just talking about the the pay per view events themselves. Um, I've been you know very privileged to be a, a part of this from the start, back from the uh, the old days at Belushi's, which um, Paul and I talked about on a on a recent uh, podcast. Um, and we this has grown so much. We've we've got six um, Royal Rumble. Um, pay-per-view uh, events going on around the country. You already know that um, me and Ben are a couple of the hosts. Paul, are we, are we able to mention one or two other people that are uh, getting involved? Can we do that? Yeah, I can talk through a few of them. One, I am keeping on my hat for now because I'm going to announce that in the next couple of days. But yeah, so we've got obviously we've got Rob McNichol, yourself in London. Um, we've got the uh, incomparable Ben Brown in Liverpool. Um, we have got um, delicious Danny Hope. Um, you might have seen on uh, ITV World of Sport on New Year's Day. He's going to be hosting our Manchester party once again. He does a great job for us there. Um, we have got a newcomer. Um, in Kelly Sharp um, in Leeds and then rounding out the pack that I'm going to announce today we've got um, longtime wrestling journalist uh, and local Brummy hero um, <laughs> Rob Lee in Birmingham for our first party in the second city I am going to be the first to tell you that Rob is from Wolverhampton and not from Birmingham <laughs> so just because he will write in hi Rob if you're listening he will tell you that no I, I am sure he has got the utmost respect for Birmingham I'm not getting into that debate but uh, I know he's a Wolves boy, so um, you know, just to uh, just to mention that one. Well, you learn something new every day, Rob. And um, I think this is a reasonable time because they have been announced to the uh, to the world at large. I think. Oh, maybe they haven't actually. Are we able to say anything about the WrestleMania shows? Um, yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, um, we are we're prepping the WrestleMania shows now, and the reason we're going to do that is because we've had a lot of demand for people wanting to know when the tickets are going on sale. We had a huge run of parties last year. The demand for Rumble's been um, fantastic, so we are going to be running um, eight wrestlemania parties this year um i'm not gonna specify where those um eight are gonna be um so that's that is to be uh, announced later date but just to let you know that tickets for all the parties will go on sale um next sunday night actually during our royal rumble party at 9 p.m so at 9 p.m on sunday the 29th all our ticket sales of wrestlemania will go live for you to pick up and purchase there you go and i wanted to bring up the um the WrestleMania thing, particularly because we always talk about the road to WrestleMania in, in WWE terms. It's a good little uh, marketing catchphrase that they've got going. We all buy into it. I think it's a good one. Um, but we share it, and we, we like the we like this time of year. There is something about the Rumble as a great event, but there's something even more about the Rumble because of what it builds to, and, and we'll be doing the same. So we will be on hand uh, for the Royal Rumble and for WrestleMania. So if you uh, get your... Royal Rumble tickets, and you enjoy yourselves at the Hooked On events and parties. Um, it's already been mentioned, but we also have um, the famous Hooked On quiz um, that goes on at all venues, um, and we've got all the uh, the screens all around all the venues where we will show some classic matches. Um, we'll also have some wrestling theme music going, and not to forget the um, the fancy dress competition where you can come. It's not compulsory. I always like to stress this: it's not compulsory to come to our events in fancy dress. It is encouraged. So if you'd like to um, show off what you can, uh, what you can concoct, what you can make, what you can buy in, what you can come up with, you've got some real, real high standards to follow, people. We've been doing these parties for four or five years now in lots of different venues, so we've seen some excellent stuff. So you need to keep on keeping the standard high um, and be as original as possible. We will think about that. So um, that's yeah. Yes, Paul. What's the um, what's the prizes for people that, that can win, they can win for things like that? Well, before I go into that, um, Rob, I just want to give a shout out to someone that I've been promising to give a shout out since the first podcast we did. And it's not been an appropriate time, but now it is. So just a little shout out to a guy that comes to our parties on a regular basis in London, Mr. Jay Allen. Um, he, the one I remember that he came to in the Royal Rumble last year, if you've seen the video on our timeline on Facebook, he is Chris Jericho in his impeccable light-up jacket, which was the talk of the town. Um, and funnily enough, 
he didn't even win because the standard was that high for the Royal Rumble last time. So, you know, if you want to win these prizes, you really have got to set your stall out. Um, but essentially what we're doing, the, the, the first prize for the fancy dress costume um, is, as always, um, if, you, if, you're, if you're deemed to be the best there, you're going to get uh, four tickets for our WrestleMania party, but not just four entry tickets. You're also going to get um, a guaranteed table. Um, you'll get a round of beers and you will get a nice little food platter to see the night starting off. So it's a nice, certainly worth winning the prize, certainly worth making the effort. But more importantly, you know, it's just great fun and it really excites everybody else there. We get you on the stage, do a little promo, really make a fuss. And, you know, everyone absolutely really loves these great costumes. And on that point, just to ask you one question, Ben, you've been in Leeds most of the parties we've done. And what's the best costume you've seen um, over there? Wow, I, I had a feeling that might come. I was just <laughs> there's, there was uh, a guy called Will who um, looked the spit of Kevin Owens. That was really crazy, uh, even to the point where he had like the tattoo done, and he, he just his features just looked exactly like him. He was even doing the nostril thing, which yeah, he'd practiced nice. that. Um, we had Finn Balor, uh, uh, the one just gone, and that was that was on top. Because yeah, yeah, just so many. I think the, there's a there's always a good shout out to the golden era as well. So I remember there was a Shawn Michaels, but he had the uh, the exact replica pants with the uh, red stitching. Uh, I remember and, that. And yeah, like and and as you say, you know. When these when when fans get to cut loose and do the promos, they're living out the dreams. And and I remember the Shawn Michaels person cutting his uh, his his one. In fact, I tell you what else I remember. Uh, last year's WrestleMania. Sorry to blabber on, but last year's WrestleMania, the Shield came and I let them triple power bomb me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the triple power bomb me on one of the couches. They cut the promo, and then yeah, I went to cut the mic away, and then the triple power bomb me. That was fun. You're a brave man, Ben. <laughs> I, I think this is the moment where I have to cut in with bodies have been broken, legs, legs, <laughs> careers ended in an instant. <laughs> Don't try this at home, everyone. You know, Michael, I don't want to pick on Michael Cole because I've said some nice things about him earlier on in this podcast. But I remember them airing one of those things once. You know, don't try this at home. And then the very next match was a Hardys match. And Michael Cole went, these guys have been wrestling since they were 11 and 13 years old. I was like, yeah, way to, way to reinforce your message there. About <laughs> kids from doing it. Um, one last thing on the, the actual costumes and stuff. What I will say to people is... Um, we will not necessarily give you that if you happen to look absolutely exactly like Edge and all you do is come wearing an Edge shirt, you are not <laughs> winning. You need to have the mannerisms down. You need to be, you know, to feel the character, the costume. There's more than one way of winning this at the, um, uh, at the last, I think it was the last one we did for summer, for SummerSlam in London. SummerSlam. Um, the, uh, the winner was, um, I believe the guy that came dressed as Shinsuke Nakamura. He didn't look one iota like Shinsuke Nakamura, but his costume was perfect. And most importantly, his entrance, he was Nakamura. He did the hand thing. He did the, uh, the leaning back on the rope. Everything about him screamed Nakamura. Everyone sung along to his tune, but he was so perfect and he embodied that character. So you don't have to look like them. We're not going to discriminate on what you look like, but we will think about, you know, what you bring to the character and all that kind of stuff. So plenty to be thought thinking about. But you, listen, you don't even have to enter that competition. You can just dress up in the spirit of the evening. You can just put on your favourite wrestling shirt. We don't mind. We just want you to uh, to come along and get into the spirit. If they're coming to Liverpool, Ben, what can they expect from you? What, what sort of host are you? Wow, I'm very much involved. I I just love getting everybody's energy up. So from the quiz to the you know to being triple powerbombed by the shield like <laughs> if it if it if it if it sells it it works like fully and then um yeah just I, I love people i for me um you know how i got involved with these is like i had a similar vision like paul as well and i suppose it's based on the ethos of wanting people to feel like they're actually there um, and, and that's what I want it to be. Uh, people to be chanting, feel free to be loose, make friends, have debates, you know, join different fractions on the night. But at the end, walk away looking everybody in the eye going, that was an incredible night. And I'm glad I spent it with these people. I need to point out that the, uh, the host of the London event does not go up light. So if anyone, <laughs> wants, to, uh, if anyone wants to triple power on me, they can think again. Um, <laughs> although I think I've been choked out by Kane and had a mandible claw. Um, from a mankind, that's about, that's about as uh, 
as involved as I would like to be. People. <laughs> so uh, hands off me. Last time um, a walk around, Mike um, wasn't working, so we I stood in the DJ booth, so they couldn't get near me. So we'll uh, we'll see if that happens again this time. Um, <laughs> but uh, just uh, to uh, put a bow on this, Paul, um, how can people get their tickets? Okay, mate. Thank you for that. So um, we, I've got two or th- well, three ways really of getting tickets. You can either the best way is to go to ringsideworld.co.uk where you can buy tickets from there, um, or for our parties in Shooters, which is the which is the uh, Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds, Birmingham and Cardiff events you can call the bar direct and book your tickets and tables package on 0845 533 0 or failing that if you're struggling with those we've also got another ticket site which is wegottickets.co.uk just a note as well on the tickets for various events um, London we are capping like I've said before capping the capacity of 550 and we are very 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 close to a sell out there so if you want yours please get them now um, in Manchester also we're just literally a handful of tickets from selling out the main room so what we're going to do after that we're going to have to put a bow on the party and say sorry we're sold out but we will have an overspill party at the bar next door which is around the world it's literally next door but we've got to point out and stress that if you can only get tickets for around the world there'll be no quiz um, there'll be no fancy dress party. It'll just literally be some tunes, some video screens, and then the Royal Rumble itself. Um, we're going to charge less for those tickets, obviously, and it's and, and quite frankly, it's a lesser atmosphere than the main party. So if you do want to make sure you get into that main party in Manchester, get on as soon as you hear this podcast because we're literally talking. Pro- there's probably going to be ten or fifteen left by the time this goes out. Yeah, we are um, we are pushing uh, pushing towards capacity at, uh, at several venues, and that's not just us doing the uh, um, get your tickets now, folks. But because you, in all seriousness, um, you don't want to wait until the day if you can help it in at least uh, a couple of the venues because uh, uh, we're pushing up there. We certainly anticipate that uh, London will sell out. And if you came to the WrestleMania party uh, in London last year and uh, you remember enjoying yourself, but it was just ludicrously um, busy in there, we are not um, pushing to the uh, to the same proportions this year we have got um, far fewer tickets on sale deliberately um to make it a a much more comfortable atmosphere i think it's something like is it something like about two or 250 fewer that we're selling paul just so we can get people not quite that not quite that many mate there was 670 in for um for wrestlemania last year which you know hands up made a mistake too many um although capacity of the bar is a thousand officially it really isn't in practice um yeah well i've been in there with a thousand england france in the uh euro 2000 and 12 i think it was in the opening game and it was horrendous with a thousand in there but anyway i digress um yeah we're capping it at 550 all in which um should be an extremely comfortable capacity um like i say we could sell more but it it wasn't it wasn't a good experience and we don't the most important thing for us is that everyone has a good time so we are limiting it so with london um although i i would my hunch would say we won't sell out before the day um we will sell out on the night for sure um and just be prepared if you do turn up on the night expecting to get in on the door uh, it's not an absolute given it's not a slam dunk that we'll be able to let you in so again if you come in buy in advance indeed forewarned is forearmed as they say <laughs> um as we um uh, get towards wrapping up this one and um, we're going to be back with uh, hopefully one more podcast um between now and the rumble itself where um, Paul and I and hopefully uh, another guest will be able to run down the card that's our intention to um, run down the final card for the Rumble before we get there. Um, just want to say very quickly Ben, well, first of all thank you very much for, uh, for for coming on and we'll ask you to uh, plug any of your wares in, the, in, in just a second um, but before we get into um, this Sunday, um, are you feeling really good about not only the Rumble but WrestleMania season? Have you got some some mania matches in your mind that maybe we haven't thought about yet that you can see developing from Sunday and, and happening over the next couple of months? I'm feeling good about it. It's definitely pulled me back in, as I give the analogy before. And I'm excited to just, maybe like you said, just let it breathe rather than mm-hmm. try to work out a lot of things. Just let it, let it just come how, how it should. Um, I think the next interesting thing on my horizon which I'm going to try start guessing is the brand split and how, which way thing that's going to go that's 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 my sort of giddiness but with regards to Wrestlemania season I'm just going to yeah let it breathe as long as Kevin Owens gets a match at a, at a time of the night of Wrestlemania that he deserves because 
I think he's been nothing short but brilliant since he stepped foot in the ring in, in, in on Raw especially. So, uh, yeah, yeah. as long as my man Kevin Owens gets his moment, I'm all good. <laughs> if I were to be able to, to give you your druthers and, and let you book a couple of matches, I, earlier on I deliberately said, who do you think is going to win the Rumble rather than who you want to win? If I were to say to you, you've got a little bit of booking power on not only who wins the Rumble, but one or two other matches that, that you'd really, really like to see, what, what would you go with, do you think? Um, I just got this feeling that Vince still don't get it that Reigns isn't over, even though he's been one of the most harshest treated wrestlers when you think of the amount of time he's been screwed. Um, but it just still don't wash. But I just I've got a feeling he's gonna win, and it'd be interesting if Owens then came into the ring and then won the rumble. Like that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd love to happen. So would you then go Owens versus Cena? Owens versus Styles? Oh, Owens versus Styles. You see what he did then? Everyone just went, ooh. I <laughs> 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 literally, like, yeah, that that has to be the the match. Although, um, the underdog from the underground, I know he's not ready for a, a, a sort of top runner, a, a WrestleMania, WrestleMania main event, but when Sammy and Kevin scrap, it, it's just poetry in motion. So, who knows? Who knows? As I say, there's... There's so many loose ends with feuds that are, that are a possibility that I just want Kevin Owens to be involved. But yeah, you, my mouth hasn't stopped smiling since he suggested Owens' style, so maybe that's the one, yeah. And I think they um, they met up quite early, didn't they, in the uh, in the Rumble last year when Owens entered uh, midway through and had a little um, little taster of what could happen one day. So um, that would be a, a very cool moment, I think. I think there's a lot of matches that could happen at WrestleMania um, involving... You know, from a list not limited to, but including AJ, Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Sammy. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Sami Zayn. Um, there's so many Finn Balor that you almost wouldn't have thought any of them would even get a chance to have a run in WWE. Let alone we could seriously be talking about them as champions, main eventers. Um, I doubt all of those are going to get you know wonderful positions, and, and there's not enough spaces to go around, frankly. And there's some other good stars as well. But it just occurs to me that that's the first time we've mentioned Sami Zayn. There's a, there are other eras of wrestling in which Sami Zayn would have been one of the top four or five stars in the entire industry, and yet we've not we've gone 45, 50 minutes or whatever here talking, and we've not even got onto him until right at the very end here. And there's others um, that are in a similar bracket. We've not mentioned. I mean, I, I know that. Um, you know, maybe time has gone on on his day in the sun, as it were. But we've not even mentioned Dolph Ziggler on I this podcast. I knew you were going to say Dolph. I knew you were going to say Dolph. And the thing is, with him going heel, like that, that my brother, because my brother told me he'd, he'd, he'd done that, and I was like, right, I'm 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 jumping shit because Raw, as I say, it I, to find the time to properly watch it now, with it being three hours, it it proves it's like. It proves a bit of an issue, but two hours and a heel Ziggler, I'm there all day. I've jumped blue. Well, that's a, that's a statement. There's a few people doing that, I think. And, um, um, yeah, I think the brand splits are funny things like that in, in terms of what um, allegiances people have. I'll be interested to see if they try and do that in the Rumble and try and do a bit of a Raw v Smackdown thing, which they, they've, they've tried to do in the past. And I've not always felt that people have necessarily got a brand, but um, we'll see as they uh, try this... Um, Latest brand split. Okay, Ben, um, time for you to uh, do some plugging. If you wish, you don't have to, but um, if people would um, like to hear more from you, both on social media and in real life, um, what are you up to and uh, how can people follow you or see you? No, certainly. Thank you for the opportunity. So, yeah, my name's Ben Brown. I go by the name Ben Random. Random's R-A-N-D-M. Doesn't have a no in it. And, uh, yeah, I'm a TV presenter. You can see me on Made in Leeds. Uh, 6.37 and 9.30.10 every weeknight and then on a weekend 7 till 8. You can stream that online as well if you're not in the sort of uh, West Yorkshire, Yorkshire region. I've interviewed the likes of Trevor McDonald, Craig David. Uh, I get to do some really cool stuff every single day, so I'm grateful for that. I also do stand-up comedy, so um, if anybody wants to come see me gigging, I'll probably start again in April. Um, I DJ as well, so my social platforms are Ben Random or at Ben Random on Instagram and the same at Ben Random on Facebook. You'll see me with a cheeky picture next to Noel Fielding because we are both creative random geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, get following and uh, find Ben out there. And um, just, just quickly, what, what day of the week did you interview Craig David? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He started walking away from the troubles in his life. <laughs> Dang. Didn't get a chance to fill him in. <laughs> too many, too many, too many, too many. <laughs> Uh, before we, um, I don't want to end this podcast on a, on a Craig David retrospective, <laughs> although I am a big fan actually, but um, uh, I say big fan. Um, I want to finish on uh, a, something that I have thought of during this podcast. It came to me when Paul said about uh, a certain person that's going into the Hall of Fame this year. It's a match that I wonder whether it could come up because at one point in this podcast, I was going to talk about Shane O'Mac. And whether or not Shane would be inserted anything, Paul mentioned about his match with um, Undertaker at last year's WrestleMania. Is there a possibility that if Kurt Angle gets in the ring for one more time, it might not be WrestleMania, it might be some other time, I just wonder if they might go Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon one more time. You, you know, the thing with that is, it's like, you know, remaking the Ghostbusters without Bill Murray, it don't work. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, this their fight, that fight had its time because of the story where we all know now that the glass was meant to go and it was the wrong way that they were trying to get them through. And you actually felt the brutality of that match. And it, that can't be remade or recaptured. I, I don't think that should be the one. I really don't. While I agree that you can never recapture, uh, you can't get that lightning back into the bottle. It is something that I just wonder if they might be able to promote at some point. Maybe not a WrestleMania, but just another pay-per-view. I can just I can see the fact that Shane, maybe it's even a backup match, but it's, I can see Shane kind of itching to get back involved in something. At one point, it looked very much like there was going to be a Shane McMahon versus Brock Lesnar encounter down the road. I think that's before they got Goldberg on board. All I'm doing is offering up as, a, as another possibility because if Kurt Angle does get a match at WrestleMania... Who's he going to wrestle against? And I'm saying that, that Shane is a possibility. Listen, what we've not really done enough on this podcast is throw things out to you guys, the listeners. So if you have some matches um, that you think uh, are possible um, at WrestleMania that we've not really talked about, or if you've got some suggestions for winners of the Rumble, um, we can have mentioned them. But if you've got a different, uh, a different um, perspective on something, um, please fire them over. Um, Paul at hookedonevents.co.uk. Is that right, Paul? Uh, uh, well, Facebook is... Uh, oh, sorry, it's email us. Yes, paul yeah. at hookedonevents.co.uk. Yes, that's yeah, well, right. They can do that. So you jumped ahead. You know what I'm going to ask you next, you see. <laughs> I did. So, uh, facebook.com forward slash HO Wrestling. Um, and you can see us on Twitter at uh, HO underscore Wrestling. That's a very important underscore. Um, so that's where you can follow us. We will put something up, I think, on uh, on Facebook during the week, um, inviting some more of your comments, and then we'll, we'll talk about them on the on our final uh, Hooked On podcast. I think that's our idea to really get everyone fully in the mood for the event itself, which is uh, now just about a week away as we speak, even closer by the time you listen to this podcast. Um, thank you, gentlemen. It's been uh, great fun talking about it. Every time we do one of these podcasts, I get a little bit more excited for our live events and indeed for the show itself. Uh, so, Ben, thank you very much for joining us for the first time. I'm sure we'll uh, speak to you again here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'd love to be involved in the room to WrestleMania as well, so you know where I am. I love that idea. We're certainly going to be uh, intending to, to build to that too. And as always, to uh, to my big mate, Paul Benson. Paul, we'll speak to you uh, before the big event. Don't get too stressed out, but uh, things are getting there. Yeah, they'll be fine, Robin. Thank you once again for your hosting skills. Um, and I'll see you in person on Sunday. Absolutely right. So everyone, just uh, remember, you can go back and listen to all of our previous podcasts uh, for some more information uh, on the parties themselves and for our opinions on the Royal Rumble. And uh, all it remains for me to say is this is the Hooked On Podcast and it's wrestling. Enjoy it.